Hi kids, it's Grandpa. Tonight we're going to read Buffalo Before Breakfast by Mary Pope Osborne. Chapter 1 Teddy's back. Arf, arf, arf. Just finished tying his sneakers, then he looked out his bedroom window. A small dog stood in the early sunlight. He had floppy ears and scruffy brown fur. Teddy, said Jack. Just then, Annie ran into Jack's room. Teddy's back, she said. It's time. It was time for their second mission to help free the little dog from a spell. Jack threw his notebook and pencil into his backpack. Then he followed Annie downstairs and past the kitchen. Where are you two going? their mom called. Outside, said Jack. Breakfast will be ready soon, she said, and Grandmother will be here any minute. We'll be right back, said Jack. He loved his grandmother's visits. She was kind and funny, and she always taught them new things. Jack and Annie slipped out the front door. Teddy was waiting for them. Arf, arf, he barked. Hey, where did you go last week, Jack asked. The small dog wagged his tail joyfully. Then he ran up the sidewalk. Wait for us, Annie shouted. She and Jack followed Teddy up the street and into the Frog Creek woods. They ran between the trees. Wind rattled the leaves. Birds swooped from branch to branch. Teddy stopped at a rope ladder that hung from the tallest oak tree in the woods. At the top of the ladder was the magic tree house. Jack and Annie stared up at it. No sign of Morgan, said Annie. Let's go up, said Jack. Annie picked up Teddy. She carried him carefully up the ladder. Jack climbed after her. Inside the treehouse, Teddy sniffed a silver pocket watch on the floor. <coughs> Beside it was the note that Morgan had written to Jack and Annie. Annie picked up the note and read it aloud. This little dog is under a spell and needs your help. To free him, you must be given four special things. A gift from a ship lost at sea, a gift from the prairie blue, a gift from a forest far away, and a gift from a kangaroo. Be brave, be wise, and be careful. We've got the first special thing, said Annie, the gift from a ship lost at sea. Yes, yeah, said Jack. He picked up the silver pocket watch. The time on the watch was 2.20, the time the Titanic had sunk. Jack and Annie stared at the watch. Arf, arf! Teddy's barking brought back Jack back from his memories. Okay, Jack said. He sighed and pushed his glasses into place. Now it's time for the gift from the Prairie Blue. What's that mean, said Annie. I'm not sure, said Jack. He looked around the treehouse. But I bet that book will take us there. He picked up a book in the corner. The cover was a picture of a wide prairie. The title was The Great Plains. Ready? Jack said. Teddy yipped and wagged his tail. Let's go, said Annie. The sooner we free Teddy, the better. Jack pointed at the cover. I wish we could go there, he said. The wind started to blow. The treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster. Then everything was still absolutely still. Chapter 2. 
Ocean of Grass. Early sunlight slanted into the treehouse. The cool breeze smelled of wild grass. Oh, man, said Jack. These are neat clothes. Their jeans and t-shirts had magically changed. Jack had on a buckskin shirt and pants. Annie wore a fringed buckskin dress. They both wore soft leather boots and coonskin caps. Jack's backpack was now a leather bag. I feel like a mountain man, he said. All you're missing is a mountain, said Annie. She pointed out the window. Jack and Teddy looked out. The treehouse set in a lone tree in a vast golden prairie. The sun was rising in the distance. Wind whispered through the tall yellow grass. Shh, it said. We need a gift from the prairie blue, said Jack. I bet that means the sky, said Annie, looking up. Yep, said Jack. The sky was growing bluer as they watched. But how were we supposed to get it? Just like last time, said Annie. We have to wait until someone gives it to us. I don't see any sign of people out there, said Jack. He opened their book and read aloud. The Great Plains are in the middle of the United States. Before the 20th century, this vast prairie covered nearly a fifth of America's land. Some called it an ocean of grass. Jack pulled out his notebook. Come on, said Annie. She picked up Teddy and carried him down the ladder. Jack quickly wrote, Great Plains, lots of land. Wow, this is like an ocean of grass, Annie called from below. Jack slipped the Great Plains book and his notebook into his leather bag and climbed down. When he stepped onto the ground, the grass came all the way up to his chest. It tickled his nose. Achoo! he sneezed. Let's go swimming in the grass ocean, said Annie. She started off with Teddy under her arm. The wind blew gently as Jack hurried after her. All he could see was rolling waves of grass. They walked and walked and walked. Finally, they stopped to rest. We could walk for months and never see anything but grass, said Jack. Arf, arf! Teddy says there's something great up ahead, said Annie. You can't tell what he's saying. He's just barking. I can tell, said Annie. Trust me. We can't walk all day, said Jack. Come on, said Annie, just a little farther. She started walking again. Oh, brother, said Jack. But he kept going through the tall, rippling grass. They went down a small slope, then up a small rise. At the top of the rise, Jack froze. Wow, that is great, he whispered. Told you, said Annie. Chapter 3 Black Hawk Jack stared at a circle of teepees ahead. Busy people in buckskins moved about the circle. Horses and ponies grazed nearby. Jack took out the research book and found a picture of the teepees. He read, In the early 1800s, Many different Native American tribes lived on the Great Plains. The Lakota were the largest tribe, and they lived mostly in the area we now call North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. Jack pulled out his notebook and wrote, Early 1800s, Lakota were largest tribe of Great Plains. Behind Jack and Annie, a horse neighed. They turned. A horse and rider were heading toward the teepee camp. The sun was very bright behind the rider. 
Jack could only see the outline of a body with a bow and a quiver of arrows on his back. Jack quickly flipped through the book. He found a picture of a man on horseback carrying a bow and arrow. Below the picture, it said, Lakota Warrior. Jack read, Everything changed for the Native Americans of the Great Plains after white settlers arrived in the mid-1800s. Fighting broke out between Lakota warriors and white soldiers. By the end of the 1800s, the Lakota were defeated. They lost both their land and their old way of life. Jack looked back at the rider. The warrior was coming closer. Get down, he whispered. Why, said Annie. This might be a time when the Indians are fighting with the settlers, said Jack. The grass rustled as the warrior passed by them. His horse neighed again. Arf, arf! Shh, whispered Jack, but it was too late. The warrior had heard Teddy's barking. He galloped toward them, grabbing his bow. Wait, shouted Jack. He jumped up from the grass. We come in peace. The rider halted. Now Jack said that he was only a boy on a pony. He couldn't have been more than 10 or 11. Hey, you're just a kid, Annie said, smiling. The boy didn't smile back, but he did lower his bow while he stared at Annie. What's your name, she asked. Blackhawk, he said. Cool name, said Annie. We're Jack and Annie. We're just visiting. We live in Frog Creek, Pennsylvania. Blackhawk nodded. Then he turned his pony around and started toward the Lakota camp. Hey, can we come with you? called Annie. Blackhawk looked back. Yes, he said. Meet my people. You mean your parents? asked Annie. No, they died long ago, said Blackhawk. I live with my grandmother. Oh, I'd like to meet your grandmother, said Annie. I'm going to see my grandmother today, too. Blackhawk nudged his pony forward again. Annie followed with Teddy. Jack didn't move. What if the Lakota are at war with the white settlers, he worried. What if they think we're enemies? Annie, Jack said softly. We don't know if it's safe or not. But Annie just waved for him to come on. Oh, Jack sighed. He opened the research book and quickly flipped through the pages. He wanted information about how to act with the Lakota. On one page he read, Good manners to the Lakota means speaking as few words as possible and sharing gifts when visiting. On another page he read, the Lakota admire those who do not show fear. Jack's favorite piece of information was, holding up two fingers means friend. Jack put the book away. He ran to catch up with Annie. Annie was telling Blackhawk all about their grandmother. The boy listened silently. Annie, Jack whispered, I just read that it's good manners to be quiet and we should give gifts and not show fear. Also, holding up two fingers means friend. Annie nodded. Got that, said Jack. Sure, she said. No talking, no fear, no problem. Jack looked up. He caught his breath. Ahead of them, the people at the campsite had stopped what they were doing. All eyes were turned to Jack and Annie. Jack quickly held up two fingers. Annie did the same. Chapter 4. Good Manners Black Hawk led Jack and Annie toward the teepees. 
Jack couldn't tell what anyone was thinking. No one looked angry, but no one looked happy either. Jack wondered how to appear brave. He glanced at Annie. She walked tall and straight. Her chin was up. Her face was calm. Jack straightened his shoulders. He lifted his chin, and he felt braver. Blackhawk stopped and slid off his pony. The pony headed for the grazing pasture. Then Blackhawk led them to a teepee. It was covered with buffalo designs. Grandmother is inside, Blackhawk said to Jack and Annie. Inside, the teepee looked like a small round room. A fire burned in the center. Smoke rose through a hole at the top. An old woman sat on animal skins. She was sewing beads onto a moccasin. She looked up at Jack and Annie. Grandmother, said Blackhawk, this is Jack and Annie from Frog Creek, Pennsylvania. Jack and Annie both held up two fingers for friend. Grandmother raised two fingers also. Then Jack took off his coonskin cap. He gave it to Grandmother. She put the cap on her head, then laughed. Jack and Annie laughed too. Grandmother's laughter and kind face reminded Jack of his own grandmother. You wish to learn our ways, she said. Jack and Annie nodded. Jack could tell she was wise. Grandmother stood and left the teepee. They followed her. Outside, everyone was busy again. They all seemed to know that Jack and Annie weren't enemies. Jack looked around the camp. Men and boys carved bows. Women and girls pounded meat and sewed clothes. One girl was adding claws to a buckskin shirt. The bear claws will give her the strength of the bear, said Grandmother. She will sew on hawk feathers, elk teeth, and porcupine quills too. All will give her the power of the animals. Jack pulled out his notebook and wrote, Sew bear claws to shirt. I have strong animal power when I go on a buffalo hunt, Blackhawk said proudly. What do you mean, asked Jack. I will show you, said Blackhawk. Wait. Blackhawk went back inside the teepee. Annie turned to Grandmother. Why does he hunt the buffalo, she asked. <clears throat> the buffalo gives our people many gifts, said the old woman. Food from his body, teepees from his skin, and tools from his bones. Jack started making a list. Cups from his horns, Grandmother went on. Ropes from his hair. Even winter sleds from his ribs. Jack finished his list. Buffalo. Teepees from skin. Tools from bones. Cups from horns. Ropes from hair. And sleds from ribs. That reminds me of the seal hunter in the Arctic, said Annie. He used to use all the gifts from the seal's body. He didn't waste a thing. Just then, Teddy began growling and barking. Jack and Annie turned around. They both gasped. Coming out of Grandmother's teepee was a huge wolf. Chapter 5. Sunlight and Midnight The wolf had yellow eyes and sharp teeth. Teddy snarled and barked. Annie rushed forward to grab the little dog. Suddenly, the wolf, wolf stood up on its hind legs. Yikes, said Annie. She leaped back. Then she and Jack stared, started to laugh. The fierce wolf was Blackhawk wearing a wolf's hide. His head came out through a slit 
near the wolf's neck. He gave Jack and Annie a little smile. That's a great wolf suit, said Annie. Why do you wear that, asked Jack. The wolf is the most powerful hunter of the buffalo, said Blackhawk. When I wear his skin, I feel his strength. Wow, said Annie. Blackhawk looked at his grandmother. May I show them the buffalo now, he said. Only show, said grandmother. Do not hunt. We have enough meat today. She looked back at Jack and Annie. Lakota never take more buffalo than we need, she said. That's good, said Annie. Blackhawk handed his wife's skin, his wolf skin, to grandmother. Then he ran to the grazing ponies. He climbed on his, then he herded two ponies, one black and one yellow, over to Jack and Annie. Hi, midnight. Hi, sunlight, said Annie, naming the ponies. She patted their noses. Annie, whispered Jack. How are we going to ride without saddles or reins? Just hold on to their manes, she said, and grip with your legs. Watch. Annie threw her arms around Midnight's neck. She slung her leg over the pony's back and pulled herself up. I'll carry Teddy in the bag, Annie said. Jack picked up Teddy and slipped him inside the leather bag. He handed it to Annie, who hung it over her shoulder. Teddy's head peeked out of the bag. Arf, he barked. Giddy up, Midnight, said Annie. The pony started to walk away. Wait, said Jack. He turned to Blackhawk. He had just a few questions. Blackhawk let out a wild whoop and took off too. Jack took a deep breath. He threw his arms around Sunlight's neck. Then he slung his leg over the pony's back. The pony started to move. Wait, wait, said Jack. He hopped on one foot, trying to keep up. The pony stopped. <clears throat> Slowly, Jack pulled himself onto Sunlight's back. He gripped the pony's mane. Then he carefully reached up and pushed his glasses into place. He looked over his shoulder. Grandmother was watching. She nodded at him. Lakota people admire those who do not show fear, Jack remembered. He liked Grandmother. He wanted her to admire him. He let out a wild whoop and sunlight took off like the wind. The whoop made Jack feel braver. He held tightly to Sunlight's mane. They caught up with the Blackhawk and Annie, and together they all rode through the tall grass. <clears throat> Shadows of clouds swept over the plains. They looked like giant dark birds spreading their wings. Blackhawk's pony stopped at the top of a grassy slope. Sunlight and midnight halted right behind him. Jack couldn't believe his eyes. Before them were thousands and thousands of grazing buffalo. Wow, whispered Jack and Annie together. Blackhawk looked silently at the grazing buffalo. Hand me the research book, said Jack. Annie lifted Teddy out of the bag. Then she slid the book out and gave it to Jack. He found a picture of a buffalo herd he read to himself. The true name of the buffalo is bison. At the beginning of the 1800s, there were 40 million bison on the Great Plains. 100 years later, there were less than 300. Almost all had been killed by white hunters and soldiers. Jack looked back at the vast herd. As far as he could see, there was nothing but buffalo. Now, Jack knew for certain they had come to the time before the white settlers and soldiers had arrived, before the end of the great buffalo herds. I have been on many hunts, Blackhawk said, his eyes still on the buffalo. 
Were you scared? said Jack. Black Hawk shook his head. You're really brave, said Annie. Black Hawk smiled proudly. I will show you how a brave hunter moves, he said. He slid off his pony. Wait, your grandmother said not to hunt, said Annie. Plus, you don't have your wolf suit. I am not afraid, said Black Hawk. I don't think you should go down there, said Jack. There's no grown-ups around. But Black Hawk wasn't listening. He began creeping on all fours toward the buffalo. I have a feeling something bad is going to happen, said Annie. Jack had the same feeling. He looked back at the book. A bison can weigh 2,000 pounds and stand six feet high. If one becomes alarmed by a hunter, he might start running and set off a terrifying stampede. Jack looked back at Black Hawk. He was creeping closer and closer to the herd. Jack's heart pounded. He wanted to shout, come back, but he didn't want to scare any of the huge, fierce-looking animals. Keeping his eye on Black Hawk, Jack handed the planes book to Annie. She slid it back into the bag beside Teddy. Black Hawk stopped just as he was passing the nearest buffalo. His eyes squeezed shut. His nose wrinkled up. His mouth opened. What's he doing? asked Jack. Achoo! Black Hawk sneezed. Uh-oh, said Annie. The huge buffalo jerked its head up. It made a low, moaning sound. Then it pointed its horns and charged. Watch out, cried Jack. Black Hawk threw himself out of the way of the charging buffalo. A ripple went through the herd as other shaggy animals looked up. Suddenly, Teddy jumped out of Annie's arms. He landed in the tall grass and ran toward the buffalo. Teddy, shouted Annie. The dog tore down the hill. He bounded along the edge of the herd, barking furiously. Teddy, come back, cried Annie. She slid off her pony and ran after Teddy. Jack tried to see Black Hawk. The boy was still dodging the running buffalo. He looked tired. Jack took a deep breath. Go to Black Hawk, he said, nudging sunlight with his knees. The golden pony charged down the slope. He ran between the buffalo. Black Hawk, Jack shouted. Black Hawk started running toward sunlight. The buffalo swerved behind him. Sunlight slowed as Black Hawk got near. The boy threw himself over the golden pony's back. He held on to Jack as sunlight veered away from the buffalo and ran back up the slope. Where's Annie? Jack cried as they reached the top. There, said Black Hawk, pointing. Annie was surrounded by buffalo. Calm, buffalo. She was patting them and talking to them. The buffalo near her had stopped running too. The ones beyond those started to calm down, then others, until all the buffalo had stopped running. They began grazing again, as if nothing had happened. Chapter 7 White Buffalo Woman She has good medicine, said Black Hawk. Annie doesn't have any medicine. She just has a way with animals. Black Hawk was silent. He climbed back on his waiting pony, then he rode down toward Annie. Jack followed. Annie's pony trailed behind. Annie turned to Jack and Black Hawk as they rode up to her. On her face was a look of amazement. 
You wouldn't believe what happened, she said. You stopped the stampede, said Blackhawk. But it wasn't just me, said Annie. What do you mean, asked Jack. I was trying to find Teddy, said Annie, and I got in the way of the buffalo. I couldn't escape. So I held up my hands and shouted, Stop! Then out of nowhere, a beautiful lady in a white leather dress came to help me. You saw a lady in white? asked Blackhawk. His eyes had grown wide. Yes, said Annie. She held up her hands and the buffalo stopped running. Then she disappeared. Where's Teddy, said Jack. Annie gasped. I don't know. I forgot about him. Teddy! Teddy! Arf! Arf! The little dog came bounding out of the grass toward them. Annie scooped him up. Teddy licked her face all over. Where did you go? Annie asked him. Did you see the beautiful lady too? That lady does not live on this earth, Blackhawk said softly. What do you mean? said Annie. You saw the spirit of white buffalo woman, he said. What do you mean spirit? said Jack. You mean like a ghost? Blackhawk turned his pony around. Let us go back, he said. We must tell grandmother. Annie put Teddy in Jack's bag. Then she climbed on her pony and they took off. Behind them, the buffalo grazed peacefully on the plains. Chapter 8. Sacred Circle The sun was going down as the three ponies galloped for home. The deep blue sky was streaked with golden red light. Back at the Lakota camp, the circle of teepees glowed in the setting sun. People were gathered around a large fire. Black Hawk led Jack and Annie to the camp. They got off of their ponies and went over to the fire. Grandmother rose to greet them. You've been gone a long time, she said. Black Hawk looked over, looked her bravely in the eye. Grandmother, I tried to hunt the buffalo alone, he said. One charged at me, but Jack saved my life. Then Annie and White Buffalo Woman stopped all the other buffalo from a stampede. Let this be a lesson to you, Grandmother said sternly. Your pride led you to show off. Showing off made you behave foolishly. Your foolishness frightened a buffalo. He frightened others. One thing always leads to another. Everything is related. I'm sorry, said Black Hawk. He hung his head. I have learned. Jack felt sorry for Black Hawk. I make mistakes sometimes too, he said softly. Me too, said Annie. Grandmother looked at Jack and Annie. Buffalo girl and rides like wind showed great courage today, she said. Jack smiled. He loved his new Lakota name, Rides Like Wind. We welcome you to our family, said Grandmother. The evening shadows spread over the camp. Someone began beating a drum. It sounded like a heartbeat. Come, sit with us in our circle, said Grandmother. They sat with her near the warm fire. A cool breeze blew sparks into the gray twilight. An old man had a long pipe up to the sky. He pointed it to the east, the south, the west, and the north. Then he passed the pipe to the next man in the circle. The man put the pipe to his lips and blew smoke into the golden firelight. Then he passed it on. The smoke from the sacred pipe joins all things to the great spirit, grandmother said to Jack and Annie. The great spirit, asked Annie. The great spirit is the source of all things in the sacred circle of life, said grandmother. It is the source of all spirits.
What spirits? asked Jack. There are many, said Grandmother. Wind spirits, tree spirits, bird spirits. Sometimes they can be seen, sometimes not. What about the white buffalo woman, said Jack? Who is she? She is a messenger of the great spirit, said Grandmother. He sent her when the people were starving. She brought the sacred pipe so that our prayers could rise to the great spirit. He answers by sending us the buffalo. Why do you think white buffalo woman came to me, asked Annie. Sometimes courage can summon help from the beyond, Grandmother said. She pulled a brown and white feather from a small buckskin bag. She put the feather on the ground in front of Jack and Annie. This is a gift for you, she said, an eagle's feather for your courage. Arf, arf, Teddy wagged his tail. Jack and Annie smiled at each other. The eagle's feather was their gift from the prairie blue. Their mission was complete. The chanting and drumbeats grew louder and louder. Then they stopped. The old man held the pipe up to the sky. All things are related, he said. The pipe smoking ceremony was over. The sky was dark and filled with stars. One by one, people rose from the circle and went to their teepees. Jack put the eagle's feather in his bag and yawned. We better go home now, he said. You must rest first, said Grandmother. You can leave in the dawn. Good plan, said Annie. She was yawning too. They went with Grandmother and Blackhawk to their teepee. Grandmother pointing to two buffalo robes that lay to one side of the still burning fire. Jack and Annie stretched out on them. Teddy snuggled between them. Grandmother and Blackhawk lay on robes across from them. Jack watched as the bluish-white smoke rose from the fire. It went up through the teepee hole and into the endless starry sky. Jack listened to the wind blowing through the grass. It's the voice of the Great Plains, he thought. Then he drifted off to sleep. Chapter 9 Lakota School. Jack felt Teddy licking his cheek. He opened his eyes. Gray light came through the smoke hole. The fire was out. The teepee was empty. Jack jumped up. He grabbed his bag and hurried outside with Teddy. In the cool light before dawn, everyone was taking down their teepees. They were loading them onto wooden platforms strapped to two poles. The poles were pulled by horses. Grandmother and Blackhawk piled tools and clothes onto their platform. Annie stuffed buffalo meat into a rawhide bag. What's happening? Jack asked. It is time to follow the buffalo, said Grandmother. We will camp somewhere else for a few weeks. Jack pulled out his notebook. He still had many questions, but he tried to choose just a few. Can you camp anywhere? He asked. Even when you don't own the land? Blackhawk laughed. People cannot own land, he said. The land belongs to the Great Spirit. Jack wrote in his notebook, Land owned by Great Spirit, not people. What about school, said Jack. Don't you have to go to school? What is school, Blackhawk said. It's a place where kids go to learn things, Jack explained. Blackhawk laughed again. There is only one place to learn, he said. In a camp, we learn to make clothes, tools, and teepees. <clears throat> On the plains, we learn to ride and hunt. We look at the sky and learn courage from the eagle. Jack wrote, Lakota school is everywhere. Grandmother turned to Jack and Annie. 
Will you walk with us toward the sunset? She asked. Jack shook his head. We have to go the other way, he said, toward the sunrise. Thank you for the eagle feather, said Annie. Let your thoughts rise as high as that feather, said Grandmother. It is good medicine. What does that mean, Jack asked. Good medicine. Good medicine connects you to the world of the spirits, she said. Jack nodded, but he still didn't really understand. Goodbye, buffalo girl, and rides like wind, said Grandmother. We wish you a safe journey, Jack and Annie waved. Then they started walking back the way they'd come. Teddy ran ahead of them. At the top of the rise, they looked back. Grandmother, Black Hawk, and the rest of the tribe were watching. Jack and Annie held both, held up two fingers for friend. Then they took down the slope. They ran across the prairie through the tall whispering grass, all the way back to the treehouse. Annie put Teddy in the leather bag. She, she and Jack climbed up the rope ladder. They looked out the window one last time. The ocean of grass was golden in the early sunlight. By now, the Lakota are walking west, Jack thought. Soon everything will change, he said sadly. The buffalo will vanish. The old way of life for the Lakotas will vanish too. But the great spirit won't ever vanish, said Annie. It will always take care of Black Hawk's people. Jack smiled. Annie's words made him feel better. Arf, arf! Teddy barked as if to say, let's go. Okay, okay, said Jack. He picked up the Pennsylvania book and pointed at a picture of Frog Creek. I wish we could go home to our people, he said. And you know what happens next, kids. The wind started to blow. The treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster. Then everything was still. Absolutely still. Chapter 10. Good Medicine. We're home, said Annie. Bright sunlight flooded the treehouse. Teddy licked Jack's and Annie's faces. They were back in their jeans and t-shirts. Hey, silly, Annie said to the dog. Now we have the second thing to help for you from your spell. She took the eagle's feather out of Jack's backpack. She put it on Morgan's note next to the silver pocket watch from the Titanic. Now we have our gift from the prairie blue, said Jack. Let your thoughts rise as high as this feather. Hey, I just had a thought, said Annie. What, said Jack. I bet Teddy had something to do with White Buffalo Woman, she said. Why, asked Jack. One second Teddy disappeared in the grass, then White Buffalo Woman appeared, said Annie. When White Buffalo Woman disappeared, Teddy appeared. Hmm, said Jack. He stared at the little dog. Teddy tilted his head and gave Jack a wise look. Well, said Jack. Maybe Teddy has good medicine. Now you understand, said Annie, smiling. Jack! Annie! A call came from the distance. Jack and Annie looked out the window of the treehouse. Their mom and their grandmother were standing on their porch. Yay! Grandmother's here! We're coming, they shouted together. Let's put Teddy in your backpack, said Annie so we can take him home with us this time. Okay, said Jack, but when they turned around, the little dog was gone. Teddy, said Annie. There was no sign of him. Oh, man, 
As soon as we turned our backs, he slipped away, said Jack, just like last time. Don't worry, said Annie. He'll find us again soon. I'm sure of it. She started down the rope ladder. Jack grabbed his pack and followed. As they started for home, a wind gusted through the trees. Jack stopped for a moment to look at the woods. Branches waved their leaves. Birds left the branches and swooped up into the blue sky. Blackhawk's grandmother is right, he thought. All things are related. Jack, called Annie. Coming, said Jack. He hurried to catch up with her. Together, they ran out of the Frog Creek woods, up their street, and into their own grandmother's arms. And that is Buffalo Before Breakfast by Mary Pope Osborne. Hope you enjoyed it, kids. Grandpa loves you, and so does Gigi. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.